Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. Time for Inside Out. Let's talk fundamentals around some earnings and trade. Angelo Zeno joins us from CFRA for an update on some of the disruptive tech companies. That uh, Are they as disruptive, Angelo? Let's talk some Dash and Airbnb. How does DoorDash disrupt any further if they couldn't make money the past quarter? Well, listen, I, I actually think when you look at the results here, they've, they've kind of impressed, um, at least on our end, in terms of the resilience of the demand on their end. So um, I think they're doing some great things in terms of kind of expanding in some of these new verticals. We're really starting to see the momentum on that side of things. And while it's still too early on the, the overseas side of things, they just announced their initiatives to kind of go over into Japan um, in this most recent quarter. I think, hey, listen, you know, this is a, a company that really, um, you know, will likely see um, that momentum kind of hold up at least from a revenue perspective, more so than we probably pre previously anticipated. So from that perspective, I think the DoorDash story is working out okay. I mean, the sales, to your point here, are, are huge. Uh, the company uh, highlights the best uh, uh, order uh, amount they've ever had. They're generating more sales than ever in the history. Uh, people are buying on this app like crazy, even as some of the restaurants start to reopen. But how, how do they not make money then, and, and when do they? Because if the sales plateau or peak out during this period where, you know, for many people, they never went out, uh, and when does it, Angelo? Like, what's the timeline here? I mean, I, I know I'm coming to it from, like, this simpleton perspective, but a business has got to make money, and when their services is in the highest demand it's ever been and they still lost money, is there not something wrong here? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think this is a situation where investors, in our view, are almost looking at DoorDash similar to maybe Amazon in its early days, right? So back then, when you when you thought about Amazon, they continued to trade at these um, insane multiples and valuations because people were essentially saying, hey, listen, they're kind of sacrificing profits now um, because of the growth potential ahead of this company. And I think when you look at DoorDash today and you look at the equity value um, of this company, and especially when you compare it to the likes of Uber, um, among others, um, essentially what, what investors are doing is saying, hey, listen, they, they can generate the profits, but they're sacrificing it via significantly higher investments to tackle on these higher growth opportunities. And those higher growth opportunities are, are to what I previously stated are going to be in new verticals as well as um, from a geographic perspective. So um, that's going to continue, we think, in the foreseeable future and the fact that they won't kind of generate that profitability here in, in late 2021 or into 2022. They'll be profitable. Um, it just won't see kind of the scale that, let's say, Airbnb just saw in, mo in its most recent um, earnings. So, um, but, but that being said, investors are willing to pay for that. And as long as they're willing to do so, um, I think this is a story that potentially works out. That being said, I think DoorDash should really hop on this opportunity to potentially utilize that equity to, to let's say, get into uh, or make some splash out there. So you mentioned the uh, kind of new verticals and then the international uh, business. I mean, if the domestic business is booming but still losing money, seems like international business, uh, we should kind of assume the same situation. Uh, as far as sales versus profit, what about the potential growth verticals or is there something that DoorDash is working on here that's going to be 
higher margin than what they're doing already. What's going to save the margin in this situation? Because it seems like that's what it is. There's just too many costs associated. Yeah, I mean, as far as the, the DoorDash business model is concerned, it's a little bit more complex, let's say, than the ride-sharing industry, right? Because you've got three parties at the end of the day. It's not just DoorDash and the driver. You've also kind of got the restaurant or even kind of that other yep. retail outlet out there. So when we think about the take pay rates um, in terms of DoorDash, significantly lower than the likes, likes of, let's say, Uber as well as Lyft. So we're talking about 11 to 12%. So um, is there anything they can kind of get to, to, to drive that higher? I think as far, as far as them potentially kind of increasing the value proposition out there to clients, um, you know, maybe have a, a better platform or potentially, um, you know, just offer something out there that could be more value added. At the same rate, um, what they did see this quarter was they did reduce um, the cost in terms of what they paid the da these dashers, but that's only going to go for so long. So as far as the take pay rate, you'll see some improvement, we think, over time, potentially, let's say, to 13 um, percent, but it's never going to get you to that point that you're going to see, let's say, on the ride sharing side of things. Hey, uh, Angelo, before we let you go, uh, give us a thought quickly on Airbnb because we're going to trade that too. Uh, is this going to be the reopen trade or should I just go and buy a hotel instead where they haven't had people parked working from home? I mean, why does your, how can Airbnb compete with the hotel in terms of its uh, reflexivity to a return to normal? Yeah, I think, listen, I think as far as Airbnb, they've kind of, um, demonstrated that they're this very different business model relative to the the, the hotel industry, and I think what I mean by that is, um, listen, they when you look at the actual long distance, uh, you actually look at um, the number of people um, in terms of kind of booking long term stays, um, 28 days or more. It's at, it's close to about 20% of their business now, but more importantly, the average person is staying about four nights in an Airbnb, where the actual individuals staying closer to one or two nights in a hotel. So um, these longer term stays is something that's not going to go away, especially in kind of a more flexible type of working environment. So we really think that uh, Airbnb in this type of situation um, really poised to, do, poised to do very well over the next couple of years. But that being said, listen, the Delta variant is clearly going to be a headwind here in the second half of the year. But I think long-term investors here really should stick with the name because I think in the second quarter, what you saw out of kind of the scalability of that model, mm -hmm. as well as the, the outlook into the third quarter of this year, I think when you look long-term out, um, there's really some great free cash flow potential and earnings potential out of this company. Okay. All right. With that said, we're going to trade it alongside that view. Angelo, thank you.